Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Uh, it's the Turpin Odyssey again, working our way through the ITV 1979 series, Dick Turpin, starring Richard O'Sullivan as Dick Turpin. And we are um, we're in episode three of series one, still. Uh, it's called The Champion. And what has happened so far? Um, there's There's been... There's only a few minutes of it, really. Uh, Dick and Swiftnick came com- across Tom, the Bristol butcher, Bracewell. And it turns out that uh, the butcher is having a fight somewhere soon. And then the uh, Dick and Swiftnick head off to Mudbury because Dick needs a bath. I don't know whether Mudbury's a good place for a bath. Mudbury, yeah. Mudbury. So, is that a real place? I don't, I don't know. know. Sounds I'm, great, though. I've not heard of it because, you know, uh, lots of this is set in. Brings to mind our deep dive into mud, which I've literally only just remembered, even though it was only a few months ago that we did it. <laughs> yeah. Right now, there'll be people in Mudbury who are saying this is outrageous. The course is a Mudbury. Um, Sorry, I'm sneezing a bit, mate. Yeah, bless don't you. Don't know what happened there. Oh, it's not the COVID, is it? Does that make you sneeze? Can do. No, nah, I think it's just a bit of hay fever. There's a place called Modbury in Devon, but maybe there isn't a Mudbury. That wasn't really his, um, no, his stomping ground, as track, I understand it? it. Yeah. But anyway, he goes, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but fuck me, does he have a cracking bath? Oh, what a bath. Yeah, bath goals. It's like, but baths in those days, like you often see it, as as we've said a few times, this is very much like an a British Western. That's what yeah. basically Robin. Uh, that's basically what Dick Turpin is. It's a British Western. Yeah. It's a guy living on his wits, living free outside of the rules of society, on a horse, mm-hmm. wearing a hat and a bandana, just like cowboys, just and like holding cowboy. up rich folk. And the other, so there's lots of parallels. And one of the other parallels is, is that once in a while he has to stop for a bath. And the bath is just like the bath you get in a cowboy movie. In that (laughs) he is sat sort of in a barn and there is a massive fucking tin bath, freestanding tin bath. And he is in it with a big sort of Luther or scrubbing brush. And he's just loving it. He's ironically like a pig in shit. And yeah. he looks so happy, just like cowboys do when you see them bathing. It's uh, it's a lovely sight to behold. 
the other thing that I notice is he's chatting all the way through to Swiftnick because Swiftnick's up to something or other. I think he's waiting for his turn because you have to take it in turn in these baths, don't you? And, That's right, um, yeah. And we don't see Dick Turpin's cock, no. but Swiftnick definitely does Yeah, because yeah, he's right up close to him. Yeah. But they're totally cool with it, which I think is nice to see. Two heterosexual men. I don't know about you, but if ever I've been in a situation, especially with a mate, not so bad with like a stranger... But if you're in a changing room with a mate, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I think it's probably whether you were privately educated or state educated, Could but be. we were both state educated. Yeah. And for that reason, I don't feel that we're comfortable with looking at our friends' penises. No, no, I don't think so. Um, I would definitely not want to see yours. And I'm not, that's not personal to you. I'm not trying to say that you're, you might have a lovely penis, Andy. I don't know. I haven't put much thought to it, but I'm sure it's, it's a handsome penis. It's not for me to judge, really. It's in the eye of is it in the eye of the beholder? Is uh, that, is that... No, if, if you were really tedious, you'd go. Oh, I've never heard any You're complaints any so far. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, your your penis might be the handsomest penis in the northeast, but nevertheless, it's yours, and it's not for me to see. And yeah. I'm sure you feel the same way about mine. I can tell you. I can tell you my penis is not handsome. It's horrible to look at. Um, right. It's not, it's Grizzly. not bad. Grizzled. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, oh, look at that, Willie. Horrible. But uh, then again, then Willies are horrible. They, they, have, they have shows like Naked Ambition, don't they? Or whatever it's called. So you see lots 4. of cock now. Well, it's, it's cocks galore. And tits and fannies. Or as they say on This Gregory's autumn Girl, on Channel 4, it's cocks galore season. As they say on Gregory's Girl, tits bombed, fanny the law. Fanny the law. <laughs> Greatest line of dialogue in a film ever. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, they show my mum's neighbours in the Isle of Wight, whose names I want to say, but I don't suppose I should. The reason I want to say names is they're just funny. You know, like, you get couples who've just got a great sounding, their names together sound like they've got a ring to them. Like, for instance, Bob and Sandra. Yeah. That'd be a couple you'd like to get to know. Um, I've, just anyway. made, I've just made a note of the, the time stamp in this episode so if you want to tell me it I'll bleep it out okay their name is alright live next door to Rod and Brenda in the I'll, Isle of Wight I'll just say you've already referred to them in a previous episode so that's fine uh, Rod and Bren right and um, they're always inviting Rod and Bren round to watch Naked Ambition and I said to really? my mum listen you want to watch that. Specifically said, to watch Naked Ambition? Yeah. They go, oh, you've got to come over that programme. Have you ever seen it? Naked Ambition. Come over and watch it tonight. It's so oh funny. Oh, my God. They're sex people. I know. They're sex people. That's what I reckon. Plus, the Isle of Wight. You know you know how much I love the Isle of Wight, but I often think people who move to the Isle of Wight, they retire to the Isle of Wight. Mm. You kind of think, what are they running from? Yeah. What are they trying to hide? Yeah. Is it a sex thing? <laughs> Separate jurisdiction there as well, isn't but, it? You know... I tell you what really makes me shudder and I think well why are my mum and Rod the, the osteopath Rob McDonald going oh, there so much maybe they're into sex things don't get into I that I mean fuck mum it's me are you into sex things is that what this whole Isle of Wight things has been about all along so what if I am <laughs> well it's my depends body. what you do she'd go like this depends what you call sex things I mean you lot today you're very prim and proper the sort of things that we thought were sex things in the 60s Nowadays, you wouldn't hear of them. <laughs> to me, it's just normal. All right, I don't want to hear about what you regard as normal. It's as normal as running a tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nipple clamps. 
<laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah, so the point is you see a lot of cock and fanny on TV nowadays, but and Swift Nick is happy to look at Dick Turpin's yeah. Willie. Dick Turpin's happy for him to have a look, but for me and Andy and the likes of us, mm. no. No way. No thank you. No. <laughs> I draw the line. Nah, <laughs> no, not on your Nelly. No way. I mean, in a way, we're kind of like the Dick Turpin and Swift Nick of podcast live shows. Yeah, but, but the main difference is that we, we would, won't look at each other's cocks. We would never bathe together, nor would we look at each other's cocks. I would love it, it if no on tour we to... did say, yeah, we've got a show in Manchester tonight, and to, and then on Thursday night we've got a show in Leeds, and in between that we're going to stop off in uh, a small market town in the Peak District to have a bath. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a barn. We, we schedule in bath days on our tour. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I... We can do two, maximum three days in a row, but then after that we need to take a bathing day and we usually mm. go to a specific town when we know they've got a tin bath that yeah. we can we can share. We take it in terms who goes in the water first, but we have a strict rule and we will not look like... I call out, but Andy's outside the barn with his towel wrapped around his waist. <laughs> and I go, I am finished and I am covered. <laughs> and only then will he come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I am clothed um yeah where are we so yeah Dick's in the bath he's having a right good sing song while he's in there uh I don't recognise the song Swiftly comes along and tops up his water for him that's how yeah, comfortable that's what they are I'm talking about. fantastic maybe there is something homoerotic about his relationship yeah, which again is fine fine absolutely why not as long as, long as it's all above board because Dick is quite a lot older than Swift Nick yeah and I'd hate to think that he was exploiting this, the situation yeah. because Swift Nick kind of hero worships him a I bit I don't know what the age of consent was then because it, until quite recently oh, they, it was 21 they, wasn't it they wouldn't have had one back then oh mate. there wouldn't have been one no of course not no no yeah, let's, if let's they not... did it would have been set locally probably by Sir John Glutton Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah. What age shall we decide that they're allowed to bum and touch each other's cocks with each other's cocks? I say, thirty-two. Spiker, I need you to enforce the local homosexual bumming laws for me, and I've just drawn up here with my quill. <laughs> I hear there's been bumming going on in the woods among some of the peasant folk. <laughs> I want no part in it, Sir John. <laughs> I want I want you to tax it. A tax on bumming, damn you, Spiker! <laughs> I mean, Spiker would be definitely uh, homophobic. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, massively. But also, um, quite homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> like, like so many homophobes are. <laughs> gay curious. <laughs> I am a gay curious homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might change, I might change my Twitter bio. Gay curious homophobe. But I often, I often find myself daydreaming about it. Next I tell question. you, the king. I tell you, the the king of gay curious homophobes is um, what's his name? The Tory MP. Oh, you know the 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 geezer who looks like Walter the softy. Oh, Reese Mock. Reese Mock, gay curious homophobe, <laughs> isn't he? Massively. <laughs> Gotta be. Well, let's let's stay on the the right side of the law here and get back yeah. to the the bar. Oh, okay, yeah. With well, if, if you if he's listening, he, all right, maybe he could try, if he wants to take us to court. First of all, 
you're fucking banged to rights as a homophobe because we know about you've, you. He's made public statements about it being a yeah. sin and whatnot. And as to being gay curious, that's just speculation. Disprove it. Yeah. Disprove that you have never been curious about gayness in your head, Reese Mogg. Yeah, and we shall get, see you in. We shall have our day in yeah, court. Let's, let's get inside your mind if we can. Let's get inside your fucking nut. And once we're in there, you cunt. We're fucking setting up residence. Yeah. We're redecorating. <laughs> we're going to swill up this out. Once you've got top flight time machine in your nut, it doesn't get out easy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then uh, the daughter of the innkeeper comes in, and uh, obviously Swift Nick is taken with her and he's having a good flirt off with her um, yeah. and he starts bragging about Dick's skills as a prize fighter because she complains that the, the town Mudbury uh, things are very different and they're, they're quieter since Nightingale came and we meet Nightingale yeah. in a couple of minutes but he doesn't sound like a very nice character um, no, but- again this is like parallels with the classic western setup where they arrive in a village and there's a local sort of either there's a corrupt sort of a politician fella, figure or something. Yeah, yeah who's who's Sheriff. trying to take the piss, and that's or what's going man. on here with this nightingale. Um, so Swift Nick boasts about Dick's fighting skills. Basically, talks Dick into having a fight just just so he can impress this wench. Go, I have a fight, <laughs> and uh, she gets confused about uh, the their names. And he, he uh, Swiftnick refers to Turpin as Mr. Turner, and um, she says, "I thought you were called Mr. I thought he was called Mr. Smith." And then he says, oh, "I'm yeah. Mr. Smith," and I'm not sure why they've got this this mix up. But anyway, well, it's because he's trying to hide his identity, and and Swiftnick keeps fucking that up all the time. But it's oh, an unnecessary it diversion. He, yeah. he starts to say Turpin. That's what it is, and then he yeah. changes it to Turner, and she says, "I thought you, I thought he was called Smith." Yeah, exactly. It's like basically Swiftnick is in every episode at the moment. Swiftnick keeps almost blowing their cover. Thanks again. And it all comes back once again to cock because he's cock. It it happened in the last episode. Mm -hmm. He was trying to get off with someone. And in the process of getting off, trying to get off, he blew his cover. He can't stop opening his mouth and boasting about how he's mates with Dick Turpin. Yeah, he's basically led by his cock. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and then we cut to the inn itself and we see Nightingale and he is um, a very intimidating religious figure who is taxing all of the residents of Mudbury. Um, And he he, he taxes one of the the simple folk who tries to give him a piece of base metal, as he describes it, which is not not a coin. (laughs) And then he he, he throws the coin across the room. I'm not, not, if someone tries to, on the Patreon... Hmm. Do we accept base metal as we payment? We do not accept base metal, no. Well, we think on because some people have been trying that with us. Some and people have it's sent annoying. base metal through the post, haven't they? To yeah, and, we're like, and then they ask for us to send back the podcast on cassette in return. Yeah. It's like, that is not how we operate. Fuck off. It's all done on the, it's all done on the <laughs> internet now. Yeah, totally. There might be a vinyl box set at some point of the entire collection. Of episodes, yeah. and, and, well, and perhaps you can pay us in base metal for that. <laughs> we haven't decided. Um, but you know, we don't take base metals or Bitcoin or luncheon vouchers. No. The um, so Nightingale is putting the fear of God into these men who he's taxing, uh, and he says to he says the one who tries to give him base metal, he says to him, "I shall light a candle of understanding in thine heart that shall not be put out." <laughs> <laughs> 
which is fucking a bit scary. I tell you, um, uh, this actor is a great actor. He plays yes. the Doctor in Blackadder Two. Yeah. Where he goes, it's not every day. Again, going back to homophobia, he goes, he, he comes out of that line. He goes, it's not 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 every day you wake up to discover that you're a, a raging Nancy boy with That's no more right. right to be on God's clean earth than a weasel. Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> Leaves more rampant totty for us real men. <laughs> That's right. I'm He's very funny in that. And He's... I also saw him once in a dramatisation of the Falklands playing Leon Britton, who he does actually look quite a lot like. He's been in all sorts of things, hasn't he? He was in Brazil, the film. Um, but what it was, other sitcoms he's been in? There was another sitcom he was in. What the fuck was it? Three Up, Two Down. That was it. He played Wilf in Three Up, yes, Two Down. that rings a bell. Was he his mate? He was his mate. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Elphick's mate. What else has he been in? It's one of them you've just seen in all kinds of things. Yeah, Blackadder 2, Dr. Leech. Yeah, he um, prescribes leeches for everything. Got a long and varied career. Yeah, brilliant Love actor. Him. Is he still alive? Uh, he's called John Grillo. Yeah. Let's have a look. Is he still alive? <laughs> Seemingly is, yeah. Yeah, apparently born in 1942. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's not get distracted. Jalapeño. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jalapeño. So and then he asks another one of the men how his brother is doing, if he's back on his feet, which suggests that he's had a bit of a shoo-in for not paying his taxes. He says the price of wisdom is sometimes very painful. Um, and then he departs. And we go back to the barn and uh, Dick is telling Swiftnick to have a bath because you stink like a pole cat, he tells him. Um, Dick goes off to eat. By this time, the daughter of the innkeeper has told everybody that Dick is a prize fighter. So they're all swarming around him and uh, they give him uh, a choice of food to eat. He's got a choice between beef, lamb, sausages, eggs, chicken, potatoes. And he goes for the beef. And they they start giving him ale. And the innkeeper says, there we are, ale. Ale for muscle. You can't (laughs) beat ale for muscle. T-shirt idea. Ale for muscle. Ale for muscle. That is actually quite a good T-shirt idea. So he has his beef, and they're all they're all saying, "Get it down, you! That'll keep your strength up." Um, and then Nightingale comes back, and there's a um, a bit of a confrontation. Uh, he tells Dick to pay him. 
He says, pay me. Purge thyself of your filthy lucre. <laughs> it's it's proper. I love fucking love. Uh, although Nightingale's a bit of a cunt, I sort of really admire him. Yeah, yeah. He's got. He's a, a he's, he's turned up in this little village, and he's fucking just set himself up really well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's what he's done. He's just pitched up. Yeah. Going, right, I'm taxing you, cunts. Now, what are you yeah. gonna do about it? I've got. I've, I've, I've fucking hired this real hard man. He's too stupid to do an operation like this himself, but will mm. happily do it if I do all the lo- the logistics yeah. and he just gets paid. He's the muscle. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he does the admin. His mate does all the fighting. Yeah. And it's a fucking... And and there's no internet and or telephone, so it's really hard for them to, like, ask anyone for help. That's the brilliant <laughs> yeah. thing about olden no, times. You could really isolate a village quite quickly. There's, there's no citizen's advice bureau to go to. Nothing like that, info. no. There's no local center. ombudsman. Nothing no like way. that. Nothing like that. So Dick refuses to pay up, and the, the big cunt is then summoned, who's called Hog, who looks a kind of a yeah. bit like a Bernard Breslau type He figure, calls him nothing. Hog! <laughs> yeah. And Hog. But the thing about the hard men in this, both Hog and the other guy who we um, met earlier, the one out of Boone, right? He. Um, he was out of Boone, wasn't he? Did we clarify that? Uh, three up, two down. Different, different. No, no, Alfred not Cook. him. Not Nightingale. The other wrestler who who comes back in. Oh, it. Don, uh, Don Henderson. Yeah, yeah he was in. So Bowman. you got Don Henderson, and then you got Hog, right? Mm. And this is what occurred to me. This is about 1980, and both these men are what in 1980 passed for hard men. Like they are <laughs> the embodiment of the sort of. The, Perfect physical specimen mm. in 1980. Now, if you're not watching along with us, some of you maybe, some of you aren't. Let me explain to you, right? If you were to remake Dick Turpin today, let's say Netflix or Apple TV said we're going to buy the Dick Turpin franchise and mm. we're going to revive it, these roles would be played by The Rock <laughs> and uh, Vin Diesel. Right? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Like, the two fucking hardest guys you can mm. imagine. Right? Who's the other one? John Senna. It'd be like that. These... But but in this, in 1980, these men are played by... I'm not joking. Middle-aged, yeah. vaguely tubby, bald men. Yeah. Right? Who are just quite tall. Not that's, even that's, massively tall. Not exceptionally yeah. tall. Just, like, <laughs> over six foot. It's right? Just- Neither of them have like you'll notice like neither of them. I'm not saying they look soft, but they look like the hardest bloke in the pub mm. in the pub in 1980. Yeah, that's just size um, over everything else, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah. like they're kind of quite big fat men. Yeah, but these were the days when you were led to you know you were led to believe that Big Daddy was the hardest exactly. bloke in Britain. Exactly, and the Big Daddy. Big Daddy, all he did was fucking give people big bear hugs, didn't he? Mm. That's all it was, yeah. So, yeah, um, Hog knocks Dick out and then drops him through a table. The table falls apart. Fairly painful by the looks of it. Uh, and afterwards, there's Dick's tendon to his wounds. He asks Swiftnick, what, what did you tell them? They treated him like royalty in there. And Swiftnick says, that, I told him you were a prize fighter. Uh, and then the Dick then decides that Bracewell, who we saw earlier, of course, Don Henderson, he owes us a favour because they saved him from the deserters at the start of the episode. Um, and they're going to set up a fight between Bracewell and, and Hogg. Well, you know when he when Nightingale first goes up to Dick, though? 
Dick gives him some really good banter, doesn't he? We missed that bit. Yeah. He's, he, everyone's shit scared of Nightingale, but Dick, A, doesn't know who Nightingale is, and B, is Dick Turpin. Doesn't so he's very much like, doesn't give a fuck about who anyone is. And he comes up and he goes, you're sinner and all this. And Dick gives him all that, oi, oi, mm. who's this then? He does all that to him, doesn't he? Yeah. I'll tell you what, mate. Yeah, do us a favour and run along. He says that. Yeah. And Nightingale can't believe it. <laughs> and then he gets his head kicked in. It does. But the measure of Dick is he, he's not really that bothered that he's had his head kicked in, is no. he? It's, part, it's a part of the like, job. Oh, well, I didn't so see that go, coming, but that's the way it goes sometimes. They go back for more. Um, and they've uh, they've recruited Bracewell at this point. And um, Dick says, Mudbury's had enough of you, Nightingale. And then Bracewell appears from upstairs um, and they're about to flee, but they, they come back and Hog uh, then challenges uh, Bracewell to a fight. Uh, he says, uh, I, Billy Hog, being well known for my manhood and my bravery, do challenge and invite Tom Bracewell of Bristol to... to and he's getting a bit nervous at this point. That guy says, oh, to idiot. fight me, to fight me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to fight me. At a place suited to all parties. <laughs> so the fight is on, but then Nightingale chirps up the purse to be 300 guineas. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's trying to price them out, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but no one's got any money except for Dick. So Dick calls their bluff and he matches the purse. Yeah. Um, but then it's the next morning and it's the day of the fight and Bracewell has disappeared. He's nowhere to be found. And Dick confronts Nightingale. Got about two weeks since I've watched this. Can't remember it now. Dick confronts he Nightingale. Confronts, he says, "What? What are you done with Bracewell?" He goes, oh, he's done a runner." So Dick pulls his sword on Nightingale, but then Nightingale pulls a pistol. So that ends oh, quite yeah. quickly. That's not. Going he turns anywhere. up at Nightingale's office, which we haven't seen until now, because <laughs> before this, you can't he's quite rig- work out how. Nightingale operates yeah but Dick somehow has tracked him down he's got quite a nice office that looks quite formal it's like oh this is, is this your rig where you um, operate all uh, this is where you run your whole corruption operation yeah. out of is it go, yeah yeah it works quite well for me I don't need much Hog doesn't need a desk because that's not really his style <laughs> he just the stands corner. there in the corner <laughs> I've got a desk you know some basic stationery that's it It's <laughs> all I fucking need all we need to do is go out and do the rounds around a couple of ale houses and get our money every day, and then we're done. I'm not tied down to a long lease or anything like that. Yeah. The, uh, the letting <laughs> agency, I get it uh, month to month, rolling contract. So Very often what I'll do is I'll do this to a particular... I'll pick on a village and I'll stick it out for like six months, and then eventually, <laughs> for whatever reason, we'll decide to move on. So there's no point me ever setting like real solid routes anywhere, in all honesty. <laughs> so then we get to the ring... It's been set up for the fight. And uh, Nightingale, obviously Bracewell hasn't turned up. He's disappeared. Don't know what's happened to him. Nightingale announces, the prize money is forfeited. Go home to your hovels and pray for forgiveness. Which is... Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Can we start ending every episode of this podcast with that line? <laughs> we could do. We could do. Um, yeah. And then the dick steps up foolishly uh, Nightingale says is this your champion like a lamb to the slaughter <laughs> <laughs> Swift Dick says he'll kill you Dick says he's got to hit me first 
So Dick's plan <laughs> is to try and bob and weave and avoid Yeah, Dick hog. doesn't really give a fuck, does no. he? He's like, no, I've dealt with shit like this before. Listen, mate, the worst thing that can happen is that he just kills me. So <laughs> once you realise that's the worst case scenario, it's easy to have a fight. Because once you're dead... <laughs> You don't know anything, do you? But if, if you the worst case scenario is you just check out of life forever, then <laughs> yeah. really you have nothing to fear. <laughs> <laughs> so Swift Dick goes off to find Bracewell. Uh, the fight begins. Dick gets knocked down pretty much straight away. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good bit in the second round. Dick's doing some bobbing and ducking and diving, and he distracts. Um, hog by holding a finger up to the other oh, side yeah. which he looks across at and then he just sparks him yeah. and he's distracted by his finger so he duffs him up a bit Hog gets livid it's all good it, this to me feels like this episode feels like a massive influence on Raging Bull which was yeah, released it's very later. much like that yeah. Scorsese it was, must have been watching Scorsese must have been watching it because it's probably got had... that kind of almost operatic feel to yeah. it yeah pro- Scorsese probably had the tapes sent over from ITV yeah of Dick Turpin I want to get series. this guy Richard O'Sullivan <laughs> I want him to play the lead uh, O'Sullivan is not available he has another series another season of Turpin to complete and, and for... Robin's Nest <laughs> he has to complete his obligation to Robin's <laughs> Nest and he has a forthcoming comedy called My Girl in which he plays a busy advertising executive and single father to a sassy teenager <laughs> <laughs> Damn him! Get me De Niro Shit, we're then. We're gonna have to get De Niro to do it instead. It'll be okay. So the fight continues. Swiftnick comes back to, to indicate to Dick that Bracewell can't be found, and this just distracts Dick. And while he's looking across at Swiftnick, he just gets fucking battered again by Hog. <laughs> um, Nightingale shouts, "Break him, Hog!" Hog, <laughs> Hog continues to do that. <laughs> There's a there's a good bit. Obviously, it's it's a it's a ring made at a fence post. So Dick hooks Hog's belt over one of the fence posts. Oh, that's good, yeah. Side, and then just pummels him for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but then then Hog tries to just basically hug Dick to death. Just tries to crush him. He tries to do a big daddy hug. on him. Um, yeah. Turns out Bristol's in a box <laughs> in the corner of the corner of in the room. the room they're fighting in, which is yeah. a fucking really weird place them to hide hide him. Because turns out, of course, Nightingale and Hog have kidnapped Bracewell the night before at up. gunpoint and tied him up, bound him, um, gagged him. But they yeah. haven't a killed him, and they were they're pretty ruthless people, so I'm surprised they didn't. Or B hide him somewhere clever. They've hidden him in the room where the fight's taking place. Really strange. Is it strange or is it genius? Because is anyone yeah, going to look there? Yeah, it's the last place you'd it's look. the last yeah, place they do look, so. yeah. Mm. So Bracewell is released and enters the ring, but he isn't actually needed. I don't know whether this was one of Richard O'Sullivan's demands when they were writing the episode, because Dick finishes Hog off. Um, Bracewell doesn't, isn't needed. Um, Dick's not going to be helped out by anybody, is he? He's his no. own master of his own destiny. Yeah. And uh, So um, Hog and Nightingale... Uh, defeated, and uh, one of the one of the villagers says, "We'll we'll never forget what you did for us, Mister." And he says, "Turpin, Dick Turpin." Whoa, Dick Turpin, like well, James Bond. Never... That's an that's another thing. O'Sullivan would have made a great Bond, wouldn't he? Oh God, yeah. Or Doctor because he Who, had or anything. Because he had he had he had the coolness 
He was quite swarthy. Mm. He was cool. We yeah. can see he can play tough, but also he's got the humour. Yeah. Something that like Daniel Craig completely lacked. That's true. I found Daniel Craig very charmless. Whereas O'Sullivan would have fucking smashed it, wouldn't he? God, yeah. Well, probably too too late now, I reckon. Yeah. Um James Bond now shuffling about with his set of keys on his belt. In that fucking what's it called? His old his retirement home. Yeah, Twickenham, I can't remember what it's called yeah. now, but yeah, no, not the same is it. Um unless it's a spy's retirement home films franchise. Uh, so yeah, Dick has saved the day. He's beaten Hog, and um, that's pretty much the end of the episode. And it, again, it, it ends spectacularly. There's no pissing about. Uh, Dick rides off with Swift Nick, and they ride past Nightingale, who is in the stocks. Ah, uh, yeah, another town square. Uh, this is what's great about this show: rotten yeah. veg at him. Which yeah. is that's it. That's what it. more do you need to know? That's it's wrapped up. That's it. End credits. It is. Same music. There's nothing clever. There's no callback. No. There's nothing cryptic. No. There are no metaphors. The baddie is in the stocks and he's having fucking rotten cabbages thrown yeah. at his face. The end. See you later. It, On it, to the next adventure. It, it, it could have had Dick and Swift Nick stop and look at him and deliver a, a pun of some kind. No, which would have been be corny and unnecessary. Mm. But no, they just ride off and there he is getting rotten veg thrown at him. And I don't know, it had me hungering for the stocks a little bit. That they could have said, huh. Looks like Nightingale's stock is in steep decline. <laughs> Freeze frame. Oh, no, no. No. And I'd be hungering for, for a return of the stocks, I think, for low-level crime. That wouldn't be the worst yeah. thing in the world, I tried it? to get some stocks for a school fate a few years ago, yeah. but it proved it proved um, it like surprisingly difficult. Quite hard to I hire went them. to the theatrical prop hire centre. Yeah, and uh, I just yeah, so there's a lot of admin involved because I wanted yeah. to get the um, headmaster, you know, when we yeah. said through the stops for yeah, us to throw stocks. wet sponges out. Yeah, yeah, didn't work Maybe out. Maybe you build your own, I guess. I guess I that's what my modu- schools do, do now. Do the modular do stocks? I'll ask them. They're certainly versatile. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it then. That's it from that one. We got through it. Yeah, we another survived. classic episode. Thanks yeah. for listening. So that's it from this episode. Goodbye. Go home to your hovels and pray for forgiveness. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.